Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and gamers of all ages, it is us, the Blood Force Gamers, back for another insepid fucking episode that sucks horrible ass. I mean, a great fantastic episode that will make you have thoughts that are thought-provoking and deeply philosophical and make you go, hmm, why the fuck am I listening to this? Exactly. Exactly. It is I, your host, with my usual crew of... The Moniker. Oh god, there's already another holiday coming up. When do they end? Kazokam, the Lord Dragon. Doth blasphemous. All hail to the Black Friday sale. Commercialism. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Christ. You had to say it. Yeah, you just had to go there. Did I already mention on this podcast my vehement views on Black Friday? Did I Did I mention that? Dude, you know what? Let's just go one episode without getting racist. I <laughs> 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 yeah, got you there. All right, so this week's episode is all about character quirks and role play. So we're going to discuss, you know, the usual shit that we've done from a GM point of view and a player point of view and... Maybe give out some advice, hints, and tips, and long-winded stories and all that, so stay tuned. Feeling tired at the gaming table? Want to hear foul-mouthed jackasses poke fun at gaming companies when they screw up? Want an honest, street-level opinion from a team of gamers that call it like it is? Then Blunt Force Gamers may be the podcast for you. Listener discretion advised. <laughs> Alright. My ass is on fire! I told you not to eat all those chili peppers. It wasn't chili peppers. I went through the scared straight program. <laughs> well, that's what you get. Well, I found out after that I am totally straight. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm scared. <laughs> you guys ever see the original Beyond Scared Straight? Like the one from like 79 or whatever it yeah. was? No. Oh, man. Like, compared to the one they have nowadays, nowadays it's just, like, shock therapy, you know, where they don't actually try and teach the kids anything. It's just like, you know, if you continue to fuck up, you'll be thrown in here with these nasty people. But in the original one, it's like they sit them down, like, at, like, uh, kind of like an AA meeting sort of setup, and they have some of the lifers come off, and they just tell them, you know, what prison life is like. And, you know, they shout at them, and they get rough with them, but they're, you know, they don't, like, uh, just act like maniacs in front of the kids. They actually, you know, try and give them life advice and pretty much be like don't go down the route I did you know it's like harsh but constructive and what's crazy is like they did a reunion like something in the early 2000s and one of those guys who was on death row uh, he actually uh, it's something like there wasn't actually any evidence against him so he was released and uh, <laughs> they were doing interviews with all the you know these teenagers growing up and they're like, yeah, the one guy who still scares the shit out of me, you know, was like this little black dude who was missing an eye. And they all said it was that guy. And then, you know, they're all taking this group photo. And then in through the door before they see him, they just hear his voice. I'm in here for, du you know, double attempted homicide. And they, you can see them all go, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw one where they, um... It was great stuff. He's a cool dude. They didn't edit it or any of that shit. And, like, yeah. they sit this kid down in front of, like, a serial killer. Uh-huh. And the serial killer did not say shit. <laughs> they just sit these two down in a room and the serial killer just stares at the other guy like a slab of meat <laughs> that was like the entire scared straight thing you know he's supposed to go in there like hey kid don't murder people you know blah 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 don't go to prison instead he just sits there and stares at him until he can pisses himself <laughs> see that's fair 
Because if you're a legit sociopath, it's going to be a little uh, tricky to try to teach people not to. Yeah. Exactly. But those uh, are some great character quirks. Let's see how we can apply them in-game. Yeah, let's see how we can apply that in-game. If you're playing a sociopath... Being a serial killer trying to teach younger gamers not to kill people. <laughs> yeah, stare at the other players. Yeah. That's how you teach someone not to be a murder hobo. My character's chaotic neutral. He's playing as a lineman. I'm just staring at him because he's, you know, a sexy slab of meat. Just a body. Just a body. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would have to say, though, for character quirks, uh, I'm going to start off with a, uh, let's see, a character I played uh, a few years back. And yes, you can you can have a Jolly Rancher. Go for it. There's in the middle of the table because people got to eat them. People, people want their jollies. Let's get some ASMR Jolly Ranchers. Stop, stop. I can only get mm. so erect. And there, there's your ASMR Jolly Rancher moment. <laughs> oh, it's blue raspberry. It's so good. So good. <laughs> so I was playing a character a while back, and his quirk is, you know, of course, quirks, they are defined, you know, your character usually, when you're playing your character, the the big thing everybody sees is if you're playing Captain Hero, he's out doing heroic stuff. And if they're not Captain Hero, or, well, if they're Captain Hero off of Animated Together, you know, <laughs> it's a completely different story, yes. Oh, Drawn Together, that's what it was. Yeah, that Captain Hero. You know, people are going to see that, but there's still stuff going on behind the scenes that the other players are not going to be privy to all the time. <laughs> and that's where quirks really play in, is those really oddball things. And so, like, if you make a character who's a badass, and I've done this, is, like, his quirk is he played the clarinet. Huh. How would you expect, you know, some badass gunslinging dude who's, like, behind the scenes, he's dealing with illegal weapons left and right and selling them to everybody. And so when uh, the big bad evil guy of the campaign shows up, this guy is armed to the fucking hilt because he's got all the contacts and resources. Yeah, he's a gun runner, but when the other player characters aren't looking, he's off in, you know, the other room playing the clarinet and thinking. Hmm. Well, to be fair, there was that one famous serial killer from, like, Louisiana and Texas who went by train, and he was apparently a huge fan of jazz, so you never know. You never know. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I think one I've got running right now is a, a Goliath fighter. He's, you know, very much that big, brawny, I-will-be-your-shield type, right? I-will-be-your-shield. That was his more or less archetype. Ich bin euer Schild. Mm, quoting Reinhardt now. Yep. Um... Sorry, different Reinhardt hit my brain. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> no, I just dude bro Reinhardt. <laughs> Come on, pound town, bro. <laughs> you know you want to hit that 50-foot Titan, pound town. It takes on a whole new meaning when you're in Miami. <laughs> pound town, bro. <laughs> um, but like his thing is his downtime activity, he weaves baskets. Wicker baskets. It, I figured it was a pretty good way for someone who's right up in the thick of things, constantly getting beat the shit out of, that it would be a relaxing, relatively mundane, and not really requiring a huge amount of strain to do. Well, yeah, it's like character quirks are one of those things that define a character, but not like, is there one thing that really truly defines them? You can make a character who is pound down, bro, or the wizard who's always got his nose buried in books or whatnot. Or the rogue who's always stealing from other player characters. But a quirk is more like something that's part of their personality. It's not a defining trait of what they do. It's just something that they grew up with. And it can be simple as like the character always rolls back one sleeve before they eat. 
you know, maybe they come from a farming village if you're playing uh, like a D&D style game, and the soup was always sloppy. So they always just roll up one sleeve, you know, so they don't get food all over their sleeve. That's a quirk. Hmm. And it plays really well in the game. And it's something simple, too. Like, quirks don't have to be this aggrandized thing. It's, you know, it could... Some of it is visual. Like, uh, let's use Killmonger from the Black Panther movie. His whole shtick was that he would ritually scar himself for every kill. He wound up looking like a bumpy mask, but... What a cheap ripoff of the real dude who does that shit. Shout out to Mr. Zaz. Oh, yeah. But, you know, that's still a quirk. Yes, it's a bit more of an extreme quirk, but it is a quirk of the, the character and the personality. Yes, but Mr. Zaz scarred himself with a belt buckle. I got the comic book. <laughs> now, when you cut a scar into your own flesh using a dull implement known as a belt buckle, yeah, you're a true sadist. Yeah. Would that be sadist or masochist? No, no, he, he was a sadist because it was like giving him memories of the kill and like he was relishing in it and uh, shit. Oh, okay. So like the pain reminded him of like the pain his victims was going through and he just like fucking, yeah. <laughs> they, they're dead. This is awesome. See, we've come full circle already on the whole sociopath. No. Yeah, there we go, yeah. <laughs> well, it's true because like, you know, like he's saying, uh, Castle Cannon over there and of course I'm stealing with Mr. Zaz. That is a total quirk of somebody who like keeps a check mark of how their kills. Yeah. Of course, if you're playing D&D, you're going to need... A lot more check marks. You're going to need a lot more skin. Especially if you go through, like, your GM decides to do, like, a tunnel of Terrica Bulls adventure. You, like, you tally up at the end of it, you're like, we killed 448 Kabolds this adventure. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> this is like death by paper cuts! <laughs> <laughs> you, you got your freaking, uh... Your wizard over there that just loves fireball, and they're like, "Wait, you want me to do what?" <laughs> yeah, you <Gloria>, what? <laughs> Screw this! I'm getting a wizard staff and just putting notches in it. <laughs> <laughs> might, might be the safer way, and you know, especially that's... for the fragile uh, healers and uh, clerics. No, clerics are somewhat robust. And less avenues that would lead to a case of lockjaw. There's also, <laughs> um, and I know we probably haven't covered this at all ever in the uh, series, but. It's also item quirks. Oh, yeah. Which oh. is really great when you're doing, like, a modern-day campaign or a space campaign. And, like, the characters are, like, doing their adventure stuff, and the GM's going to be all sneaky and shit. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, your car gets stolen. The guy who owns the car is like, <laughs> we'll wait until they find out. It's not going to go very far unless, you know, you fucking, you're constantly, like, raking down on the fucking stick shift with your right arm while trying to steer with your left. Because, you know, something's wrong with the gearing, and that's been a constant problem with the car that I haven't fixed. Or you got the Millennium Falcon, which happens to just hate hyperdrive. I mean, well, you can do an adventure, you know, the characters are going along, they're doing their things. The uh, Imperials storm the ship and decide to take it, you know, from the player characters to remove one of their advantages. Mm -hmm. They decide to go into hyperdrive and... So that's like an item quirk right there. It's like... Something that needs repaired but hasn't been, and the characters know about it, is like most machines have a personality of their own anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, this this works for, you know, weaponry. Like, uh... Poor Greedo. Poor Greedo. <laughs> Let's use, like, uh, just a basic plus one weapon, right? You can, you know, the DMG has uh, quite a few different 
they're not game mechanics, but they are existing mechanics for it. Is you know, this was made by this group. This group. It has this sort of motif, and it has this sort of trait. Like while this, while the weapon is in your possession, you suffer terrible nightmares. It glows blue when there's orcs. Right. <laughs> That's an item quirk. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? The orc who has it? It just glows. It just glows. <laughs> That's the orc who takes it to a rave and tries to dance with it. Or like the one. From, uh, I guess this would be for tabletop, but I still love the fucking in Borderlands one of the DLCs. Mick, uh, Miss Moxie's crit. It gets extra critical shots, but it's slippery when wet. So you could be firing on full auto, and then you'll just drop the gun because <laughs> she has a slippery crit. A slippery crit. <laughs> Crit, crit. <laughs> I used that gun. It's actually in Borderlands 3. I actually uh, oh, I actually it? said the nice. not crit word there. <laughs> which we all know is just a, um, not an anagram, it's an abbreviation for the Coalition of for the Liberation of Itinerant Tree Dwellers. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. An offshoot of Liberate Apes Before Liberating Apes Movement. <laughs> 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 Damn it! Yeah, you know where I'm going. <laughs> well, see, now this is another interesting quirk. You can say something, and then you can twist it into some way that's not expected. You you just made you made or pulled an out anagram out of a word that none of us really were familiar with. Uh, well, I'm very familiar with the liberate apes before. Liberating Apes Movement, as well as the Coalition for Liberating Itinerant Tree Dollars. I am too. I'm a veritable. I work that shit. I mean, just get my nose. Right. Oh yeah, you like that, don't you? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a good uh, item quirk is the one you were just telling me about before we start recording. The stealth armor from New Vegas. Oh yes, yes, the stealth armor. We were talking about that right before the show. So go on with it. Yeah. So um, okay. I'll just kind of reiterate what you told me, because, again, I haven't actually started the DLC yet. Just wait, dude. It's awesome. I can't wait. But you were saying it's like it's a stealth armor that doesn't do, like, the predator thing, you know, where you just kind of chameleon invisible, but you actually go, like, full invisible. Is that right? No, no. You don't go invisible at all. It just boosts, uh, it boosts your stealth percentages. Okay. So you're not invisible at all, not like the Chinese stealth armor from Fallout. You're still visible as fuck. And in fact, it the armor itself is black with white highlights. Huh. So, I I don't know how that's stealthy, you know, because basically running around in a trench coat with Tron colors. Yeah. Now, Somebody yeah. turns on a black light and you just like you're a beacon. <laughs> in fairness, in fairness, tigers do pretty well and they're striped. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, that's but because tigers are. Yeah, they're designed for that shit. It's designed for the tall grass. Exactly. And then you so get to other ones like leopards. No, no, the armor we're talking about, though, is nothing like tiger stripes. I mean, this is like seriously hard lines. Like zebra stripes. No, no, like no. hard lines. Like you're wearing a safety jacket type of hard lines. Okay. You know, like most camouflage is supposed to be blended lines. It's supposed to, you know, break up the shadows on your body. You know, make you harder to see, you know, because you blend uh, in with your surroundings. Uh, so you're wearing hazard stripes. You're basically wearing hazard stripes, but instead <laughs> okay. of wearing you know, a yellow vest with the reflective yellow strips on it, you're wearing a black vest with reflective white strips. Nice. nice. So and like somehow that's stealthy. And, yeah, and you were saying that, like, in the most critical of times to be stealthy, it'll just be like, shh, we gotta be quiet. Just yeah. loud enough for everyone in the room to hear. Oh, yeah, when you start getting into items in game that are sentient in any way like a wizard was just like man fuck it this has a personality it's awakened 
<laughs> that's when it gets fun. I mean, I do love so items. many things. What was it? A blacksmith working on a hammer or a, a sword. Harder, Daddy. Still gotta work those kinks out. <laughs> well, it's like uh, we were doing one, and it was supposed to be a cursed item. I can't remember who I was discussing this with. Was this the shield? Yes, the shield. Because <laughs> uh, your hammer story reminded me of that. <laughs> Come on. The, 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 item, the item was a shield, right? And it gives you tremendous strength bonuses. But it's an intelligent item that's masochistic. <laughs> <laughs> and so you hold the shield up in front of you, and then you just, like... The big badass fucking troglodyte monster comes running at you, slams its great club against your shield, and it's just like, oh, yeah. Don't touch me, I moan. And, <laughs> no, no, it's just like, more. Yeah, the, the shield is just like fucking on the edge of orgasm during the battle the entire time. <laughs> and it's just you keep deflecting shots with it. You know, like, kill the enemy slower, this is great. You know, just... Dude, if that was my character, I'd go around in like a uh, like a gimp suit with that shield, and my weapon would be like a cat of nine tails. That's how I'd no shit, dude. <laughs> and you know, you can do that. That's you know, that's an interesting quirk, both on item side and our player side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. I do mean, that. there's plenty of stuff. There's a. Uh... Of course, the fun one when it's uh, someone with uh, chaos magic. Mm-hmm. I was watching this one. It was D&D 5e back in the day when it first came out. And every time they use this magic item, I think it was a wand of some type, there was a chance of something random happening. Well, they used the like wand. Sounds like a wand of wonder. Something like a that. A rod of wonder. Or yeah, like rod that. of wonder. And, um, well, <laughs> they, they animated the uh, mace that one of the characters had. So it was a talking mace. And it would not shut up. Actually, speaking of that, we actually, uh, fuck, like, 20 years ago, Rod of Wonder, that was something that came up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was doing, and this was a quirk, a quirk, of course, one of my characters had, and it became a running joke in the group, which is the best part. That's when you know you're playing a quirk right, is when people are, like, you know, expecting this shit to happen. You know, either they're excited about it, or they're not Groaning very enthused. It. And the character, the NPC was chaotic neutral. The it was a my cohort for leadership. And when playing the character, whenever something would come up, she would hold the rod over her head, you know, do a twirling thing, point it at the enemy, and it'd just be like rod of wonder, and then you know use it. <laughs> and this became a running gag because like every time something came up. They knew it was going to happen, like, I'd be sitting off to the side, I'm checking my character sheets, and I'm like, aha, I've got an idea. And they're like, what? Rod of wonder! wonder! And the GM would be like, oh god, roll your random dice to see what happens. <laughs> and it became a running joke, because we'd be like, yeah, we'd be in the middle of a combat situation, and like they'd be looking at me, and I'm like, I'm playing my ninja right now, the helper's off to the side, and they're like, oh yeah, well the wizard teleports from the battle. So is a rod of wonder function kind of like the Wabajack is out? It vaguely similar. But it's they, vaguely it's a similar. little bit more limited. Okay. It's like a fifty different things that can happen with I, it, but none of I them think are like. He's got a hundo. Something like that. Yeah. It doesn't turn the character into like a, an amorphous blob of peanut butter and jelly, though. <laughs> it, it's not to the extreme that the Wabajack is, because Daedric Prince of Madness. Who'd have thunk? Right. Raining cheese. <laughs> now come back again, or I'll skip the rope with your intestines. <laughs> Do you mind? I'm busy doing the fish stick. It's a delicate state of mind. <laughs> yeah, see, 
Shea Gorath is a fantastic example. Cheese for everybody! You know, even if you don't sound like him, the mannerisms and the way which you speak are exactly like Shea Gorath, and that's... I had to kill him! He was trying to grow a beard. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's allowed a beard! (laughs) Would you like some more cheese? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, see? And, you know... They come back again! I'll do another podcast! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Bethesda, how the mighty have fallen. Oh, Jesus. Now there's a quirk for you in real life. I don't think that's a quirk. I think that's a character flaw at that point. But, you know... That reminds me. Oh. I had an idea. I had an idea. Okay, this is kind of off topic. But if I was to do a true-to-life character, right, and I, I just I want to run this by you because we did this way back in the ancient days. We were doing a true-to-life campaign, mm-hmm. and I was work, just kind of quit Pizza Hut at the time. Basically, I just left in the middle of shift and said bye. Uh-huh. Uh, it was a boring dead-end job, okay? Anyway... We were doing a true-to-life campaign, and the only thing I knew how to do at that point that was, like, a marketable skill was make pizza. So, in-game, I'm making pizza for the king kind of shit. But they gave me a special merit and a special flaw at the same time. Oh. Okay, so when you first meet me, my flaw is that my charisma score is treated as being too lower. Okay. When I first met. After... Three subsequent meetings of me, in character, my charisma score is treated as too higher. Hmm. So basically, my character has to interact with somebody else three times before my charisma is counted as being too higher. Everybody said that's the way it is with me for some reason. Now, since this is both a merit and a flaw at the same time, does that make it a ferret? (laughs) <laughs> you were waiting for that pun. That whole thing was a setup. This is what I think of while I'm at work, alright? Before now. Before now. Uh, that's great. Yeah, so, you could be, you know, the, the fighter with all the wisecracks. The the great zippy one-liners. Uh, no, everybody seems to regale that I'm a uh, hybrid necromancer slash rogue. Yes, that fits you. I just... I don't know. It's not like I've dug a body up before. I mean, I've seen bodies. I've done stuff with bodies. I just haven't dug one up. So, Necro's kind of out there, I guess. Kind of, maybe. You kind of have a bit of a fascination for it. Do not! Donuts? What? Exactly! (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so... Getting into character, uh... Mer- not merits of flaws. Quotes. Jesus Christ. Character quirks. Uh, and we've got three GMs sitting here and one guy who's... Proto-GM. Looking forward to getting screwed over as a GM. I'm going to lay this one out on the table. Alright, and our listeners may agree, they may disagree with you, but whatever. If they disagree, they can send you guys hate mail and I will read it on air right at your face. Do it. I will. Make this happen. Hey, if, if it happens, it happens. Anyway, what are some quirks that player characters bring to the game table that make you roll your fucking eyes and wish that this player would just never show up again? Depression. No, character quirks, not player quirks. Yeah, depression. Oh, you actually had a player show up at your table? Oh, my character's depressed. I've seen a few players who are like, yeah, my character is a depressed character. And it's like... Thanks, kid. 
Bye. It's like, no, you're... Oh, actually, you know what? And I, I'm speaking of depression, I'm actually going to raise the bar ever so slightly on this one. Mm-hmm. Okay, just, just here we go. Tacking it up a couple inches. You see, now underneath this bar that, that's invisible in front of my hands, in front of the bar, you notice that Edge Lords is beneath the bar now. So Edge Lord quirks do not count. So being an orphan doesn't count. Orphan counts. Okay. Orphan counts. That's actually one of them that I have issues with. So many fucking orphans at the game table. Yeah, because like nobody with a loving wife and family wants to go adventuring to save the world unless there's some goddamn reason for it. Actually, I would think the first person who would want to go save the goddamn world is somebody who has emotional attachment. If they have a wife, if they have children, if they have patriotism or loyalty or friends or they're part of some good old boys club or something, would want to maintain the status quo. Exactly. Maybe suppose they're part of a, uh, a long-standing noble's house, you know, and they have to do something, you know, to bring glory to the family name. So that means they have to go out and do some sort of exploit, you know, to yeah. add another tale to the book of, you know, that house of the house. Yeah. Well, look at most of the action movies from the 80s. Yeah. Most of the action movies from the 80s, in some way, shape, or form, the hero has something going on for him. It's, you know, it could be patriotism, could be like Commando where they're a father, could be uh, Predator where they've got, the you know, the, their sense of duty and honor. You know, they've got something going on for them, some sort of virtue that makes them willing to go out and face impossible odds. What does an orphan have to lose? Nothing. That's like, the thing. Oh, I was adopted when I was 17, lived there for a year, then I was on my own, so fuck them. Well, yeah. at that point, that point you start becoming the expendable squad sent to do the same task. Who knows? You might be the successful ones, but you're the expendable squad at that point. Now, I got one for quirks that really bugs the fuck out of me. Oh, there's some anger behind that. Oh, oh there you Whoa. go. All right. <laughs> there's some venom with that. Tap in with your Darth side. Oh, yeah. The one that gets me is when someone builds a character literally just as a ripoff of some weird-ass anime character because it's funny. And that that's above edgelording. That is intentional weebing. I weeb! Are we thinking of a certain captain who had a certain affinity for a certain type of berry? Uh, that's one. That is one. There are so many Okay, well, others. yeah, you're right. I weeb, but I don't weeb that hard. Weeb responsibly. I weeb oh, responsibly. responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. Dude, I'm gonna put that on a shirt. That's beautiful. <laughs> weeb responsibly. Weeb responsibly. <laughs> I'm sharing that in a couple Facebook groups. But no, I mean, they intentionally <laughs> are like... It's like, I'm having flashbacks to the end of Thundercats back in the 80s, you know, like... <laughs> They're all sitting around, oh, Snarf, and Snarf's like, Snarf, Snarf, we responsibly! Ha 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 ha! Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> Alright, I guess I got my quotable in. You got your quotable in. <laughs> <laughs> now, hey, it's better than the video game episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That quota is still full. <laughs> <laughs> the Shota quota is full. No more Shota's allowed. All right, all right, okay, we got it. You must be at least this tall to be on the podcast. <laughs> you must be at least this old to yeah, be but... on the podcast. <laughs> you must be at least this old. But no, um, there's plenty of people that are like, oh, um, my character, uh, they model after that one from fucking Attack on Titan. Oh, fucking Aaron Yeager. Yeah. And it's like, God, that's so fucking annoying. Like, I'm all about people taking... God, you know, that'd be like playing World of Darkness and fucking... 
you're doing like a hunter campaign and every time somebody mentions the supernatural you know the Aaron Yeager out just get all like super pissed like, vampires yeah dude really calm down yeah eat a cheeseburger eat a cheeseburger you know what sucks is I liked Attack on Titan when it first came out not to even I'm not even saying that as to try and sound like a hipster I'm just mean it's a good series but fucking hell that fan base is so damn toxic uh I'm a fan of Attack on Titan but I I don't know if I'm part of the fan base because I just like it as an anime yeah, that's kind of how I feel. I about couldn't it. get into it. I, I, I really liked it. I liked the depth of the storyline. I like, you know, some of the character quirks that they come up with. Yeah. You know, and some of the storyline stuff is pretty fucking brutal and dark, and I like that in my animes. I will say, though, that little salute that they do is retarded. I hate that. Yeah, they're, they're stupid. <laughs> Twist your wrist until you get carpal tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. What is Snow Kids fighting Titans? Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna get, get my EpiPen. <laughs> if we got hate mail, I get hate mail for that for sure. But whatever. Actually, you know, going on that though, uh, Blasphemous, that is a totally understandable pet peeve to have when it comes to character quirks, and I really dislike people who have the lack of creativity. Newbies get a free pass. Yeah, the first like two characters. The first, you know, two maybe three characters that there's a free pass. Because yeah. you're dealing with, you know, your inspiration for making a character before yeah. branching out. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, when I was talking to Arnold uh, years ago uh, back at the game shop. Oh, Arnold. Arnold. Hey, yeah. I'm not going to say anything bad about him. I know he's got issues and everything, but... I like Arnold. I haven't seen him Underneath in years. all of it, he is actually a pretty stand-up dude. Yeah, no, I like Arnold. You I haven't know, seen he, him in years. I hope he, he's doing well. He's fucking intelligent as shit, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a cool guy. And I mean that in a cool way. And... But Arnold, you know, like the, his first character he made was basically a Drist ripoff, a female Drist ripoff. You know, and some of the other players at the table, they were, you know, clowning on him for it. And I was like the only one, and you guys know how I feel about Drist clones. Yeah. Drist clones. And yeah, I was not going to clown on him because he's new. This is the first character he's made. Let him have his And moment. new players should have an enjoyable as possible experience. And this is the only inspiration he has to draw off of. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. yeah, in that case, absolutely do it. Yeah, you know, and I think when it comes to making a character, especially if you are completely new to the uh, tabletop scene, um, I forget who it was. I think it was uh, Zach Cadle, Psychic Pebbles, who was saying, granted, this was in regards to, like, animation, but I think this can also be carried over into gaming, too. It's like your first character or setting, you almost kind of have to play your eyes a little bit, you know? Because unless you got just like some really good ideas, you know, it's what else are you going to use as a point of reference? Especially if you're yeah, you always so need a starting down. point. Yeah. And with older players, though, you know, after you know, if they've been playing for like five years or whatever, taking inspiration from something is okay. You're playing a space game, and they take inspiration from say Cisco. Yeah. For for lack of other reference, you know, they take inspiration from Cisco. They're a big DS9 fan. I've got no problem with that as long as they're not playing Cisco. But if they take like certain little personality quirks and incorporate in their character, totally fine. Yeah, it's it's the degree of severity. That's the thing. The degree of severity. If you're if you're taking little things or mannerisms or you know uh, maybe even appearance or something like that, you can get away with it. But if you're carbon copying, that's where the line is. Like you gotta you gotta dial it back quite a ways. Yeah, I mean. Like we said, weeb responsibly. Like, if you want to be a Naruto clone, you know, pun intended there, 
Um, uh, fucking don't I, show up in your goddamn orange jacket and your fucking headband that's dumb as shit. We did this once. I popped the dude, like, he was wearing a headband. I was like, all right, that's supposed to protect you. That's like armor, right? Bam! No, it's not fucking armor. Believe it. Uh, <laughs> hate you. So much. <laughs> you just... You're that's mad. Supposed, that's supposed to be armor? Uh, that's what they were saying. Uh, I'm suddenly having flashbacks to Yonan Vasquez comic books where he was making fun of comic book characters. And, like, one of them had basically what was a postage stamp-sized metal on their forehead and it was supposed to be a piece of armor and he's like it leaves the rest of you exposed and just shoots them in the mouth <laughs> <laughs> well right. no I mean it, it's one of those things of like take an inspiration and be like oh yeah I'm totally a ninja cool there's actually a class for that oh I'm totally gonna like learn this super secret technique okay whatever you're putting all your stuff into that um, and by the way I have this demon hidden inside me hold hit the brakes hit the brakes there no yeah Last ninja I played was a joke character, and you guys know this story, but I'll, I'll regale you with it real quick, because it does actually involve a character quirk, and the last ninja I played was a challenge, to play the weakest character I possibly could. <laughs> that kind of challenge. So I made a, I went with the minimum age for a human, uh, so it was a human female, minimum age, and then I took the template of child on top of it. So, like, the stats just got decreased, like, physical stats, except for dexterity, went down. Intelligence went down and all that shit. But the character was a ninja because the uh, particular setting, you know, it was a hard knock life. So sometimes you got to learn skills to defend yourself. Yeah, it's a little orphan Annie with fucking knives, dude. And it was a hard knock life, so the character had sneaking and hiding and shit, and trying to stay away from stuff, and of course, they're, uh, they ran away from the orphanage, so they're no longer an orphan. She thought she was an adult because she could take care of herself and steal food, that stuff. Uh, but her character quirk is, is um, she didn't like the sight of blood. <laughs> she, she was like, uh, so this was like a ninja pacifist. If there was a way to deal with the problem without fucking getting in there and stabbing it to death, that was the preferred path. Huh. And it wasn't about being a, uh, a pacifist or anything. It was just, you know. Blood icky. Ew. Blood icky. Ew. Sprek necks. Yeah. And there was this, uh, the two, the other two characters, they walk into a cave and they're in the middle of a fight with this badass motherfucking uh, summoner. And the GM, you know, he's like getting really fucking tired of me pulling the usual, uh, I just met these guys, so I'm going to follow behind them and sneak constantly rolls. Uh-huh. And so I make my uh, anime intro, weaving irresponsibly, <laughs> run into the room, backflip over a couple of... Um, Fucking boulders, bounce off of the wall, run down another pillar, backflip behind the guy, and then plant the knife in the back of his head, give it a sharp twist, and then, you know, superhero landing. All in one fucking action. <laughs> you know, so it was a total fucking video game moment. And I superhero land, and his body, like, collapses to reveal me, like, still in superhero pose behind him. And the other guys are like, holy fuck, this little kid's a badass. And I'm like, I'm totally a badass. I'm from the hard side of town. You fucking chumps. And they're like, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm here to just like collect my trophy now and this is going to get really gruesome. So you might want to leave. So the other guys are like, yeah, we don't want to see what this kid's going to do to the corpse. They decide to walk down the hall and I'm like, I peer around the corner. I make my stealth rolls and shit. And I'm like, Mr. GM, sir. And he's like, what? And I'm like, my character doesn't like the sight of blood. Can I make a constitution check, please? And he's like, sure. 
I make my constitution check and fail it. And she just like runs behind a rock and just... <laughs> <laughs> just loses fucking loses her lunch right there. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> That's beautiful. Alright, back to character quirks that players have brought to the table that you hate. Oh yes. You know, on that note, can I ask you guys, just because this is more out of my own, for my own curiosity, but because Blasphemous brought up, you know, you hate anime knockoffs. Uh, knockoffs. How many times have you guys dealt with a character who was just blatantly cloud? Uh, I'm gonna fight with a car door! Woo! I have actually not done that one. Really? Surprisingly, Surprisingly I have not done that one. Huh. I've, I've done brooding, and I've done oversized weapons. And I've done brooding, and I've done oversized weapons. <laughs> but I have not made an Oreo out of brooding and oversized weapons. Okay. Gaz, you ever deal with any cloud ripoffs? Not so much, but the, the character quirk I was going to talk about earlier was... Um, Cobblin knows him as Grognar. Oh yeah, Grognar! This guy is somewhat notorious for playing characters dumber than their stats are. <laughs> stats say into 15 or into 16, which is, you know, 150, 160 range for IQ. Yeah. The books. yeah, roughly. Roughly. And then he'll do shit like, hmm, roll. Yep, I do stupid thing. And whatever it was, it was based on the, the roll of the dice. And he would just basically use his dice as an excuse to dick off. That's like the classic trope of uh, the red button character. Mm -hmm. We've all run into that one at some point in time. If there's a red button, they have to push it. Oh, uh, okay. So th no. this is like... This is like stupid beyond stupid. It doesn't matter what label is on the button. Sword of Omens, give me stupidity beyond stupidity. Exactly. <laughs> Feel the magic, hear the dumb. Player characters are loose. Yeah, the, the red button thing is like, really, if a GM wants it in the game, if he does not like the player characters at his table, he can be just like, oh, there's a red button in the car. Everybody's dead, you press the red button. And, like, that's the thing, is, you know, dialing it back to what that quirk actually is. Player character to, your, to the stats as best you can. Not all of us are going to have the 18 intelligence. But, at the same time... I don't think I've ever had 18 intelligence on a character. I have. At the same time, don't play dumb characters so fucking dumb. There's a difference between intelligence and wisdom. Typically, the dumb characters are the wise characters, because they figure out how to use what they do know very, very well. They're the children who put their hand on the burner and remembered, that's fucking hot. Well, yeah. They didn't have to read it in the book. They found out. Exactly. Well, I... Try to put your brain back together as best I could, but I guess I missed a few spots. There's some dirt in there now, so if you start having thoughts about, you know, dirty things, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Must have some front no, no, well, When it comes to quirks, though, I mean, there are a lot of them out there that I hate, and at the same time, quirks can be used as a really constructive piece of a character. I did one, and of course, everybody, of course, correlated it with fucking, like, Georgia or Arkansas kind of incest. We're doing a, a fucking a well. <laughs> there we go. We're doing a D and D game. Mm -hmm. It's based off of medieval Europe. Okay. All right. Yeah. So Habsburg jaw is a thing. <laughs> what was the one? And this was my character. My character's quirk is they committed the act of incest repeatedly, 
But it wore on them and mentally. They were like, this is not right. They, they eventually figured out, you know, like, it was an intelligent character, intelligent enough to know that, you know, usually when people do this shit, the babies come out with club foot. Maybe it's not a wise idea if I keep knocking boots with my first cousin. So this was a dark stain on their own personal sense of honor instead of, like, the whole royal family honor because they're trying to keep the bloodline pure. Again, we're thinking medieval era. Mm-hmm. You know, so the character—that's why they became an adventurer was to get away from that. Because if they removed all of their royal garments and became just another nobody with a sword, people would treat them the same, unless he was recognized and be like, "Oh, you're supposed to get back to the castle, marry your first cousin." So the entire quirk of this character—it was one of their defining factors. The quirk is they didn't want to participate in the royal shit. He was too smart. Cousin. He was too smart for that shit. I don't care how hot she is. I'm not doing it. I don't care. I don't care if she can play the mandolin with one foot. <laughs> no, and so, guy, huh? so the, a quirk. No. Can, what, what I'm trying to get on with this, though, is that a quirk can be a dividing factor for a character. You play into their sensibilities, their sense of honor, their sense of virtues, or a dark, uh, dark past if they have one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um. What was it? Uh, one one character I think for the birthday game that we partook of. His, the character I played was uh, extremely lucky with the roles. Um, warlock, half elf warlock, came from a noble family, basically like a trade conglomerate. But because he wasn't a full elf, was discriminated against by his parentage. So he worked on one of the merchant ships. That ship drowned, and he basically made a pact with one of the sea fae. Hmm. That's how he became a warlock. That's how he survived. And now he was looking for deals for more details on what the hell happened to that ship. Because he was yeah, treated it's like, like um, a character that I remember being in a group with. And this was, you know, again back in the day, the uh, the, the party would go in and they do the standard shit in the end. Everybody has their ales, they have their beers, they throw all their gold pieces around, and they're looking to whore it up. You know, hit hit it up with like the farmer's daughter or the daughter or winch or whatever the fuck of the barkeep you know everybody's horning up and there's there's one guy he's sitting there and he's holding his drink and he's like nope i'm just gonna drink my drink and they're like put all these ladies and titties and stuff and he's like nope gonna drink my drink because my drink it won't try to approach me when i'm in port and tell me that i have a kid on the way and then try to get money out of me or my drink isn't going to try to ruin my life or my drink isn't going to cheat on me I'm just going to say, so the character came off as like a total misogynist, but in his backstory, he'd just been played by like almost every woman he had met. <laughs> and so he did not trust women. And he's like, now that we're rich adventurers, what's the woman you're going to come after me for? Who I am or how many gold pieces I got in my pouch? I'm just going to drink my drink, okay? So yeah, that, that was a, it was a quirk of the character, but it was part of his background. And it was a quirk that he had that like when we were adventuring, you know, like, the, I think it was the sergeant commander for the Royal Guard came down to talk to us. And she's all getting in everybody's faces. And he's like, yep, typical. Give her a little bit of power and she'll just run with it as far as she can, huh? And, of course, she gets all pissed off at him. And he's like, look, toots. <laughs> and it goes downhill from there. But the character had legitimate reasons for not trusting her because he thought she was just in it for the money and not like the virtues of, you know, justice. That, that's how you start a pleasant, any pleasant conversation with a woman by saying, look, toots. Look, toots. <laughs> he did. He said that almost every game session. Listen here, sweetheart. 
viewers, if you want to make your character real quirky, just make them a Volcel. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> That'll be fun. So it was a total quirk of the character, but it was still awesomely played out. It played out really well in the character's background, but he was still a team player. He wasn't edgelord or anything like that. And we had a female... Uh, party member? Party member, and of course, it took, she had to backflip through flaming hoops to earn his trust. But Fight once she did... He was the most loyal buddy. He was like the best friend she could ever have. Oh, it had a happy ending. No, it did not have a happy ending. He still didn't trust her that much. <laughs> I trust you with my life. He's like, That's I've seen you earn your money. That's about it. But you ain't getting mine. <laughs> <laughs> Look, toots. Cast a healing spell now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen up, sweetheart. I'm going to mansplain how this dungeoneering shit works. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. But no, character quirks. Oh, there are so many bad ones. There are a ton of bad ones. Um, now, on the subject of the red button, I hate when you run across a complete... Oh, I play Chaos, so that automatically means my character is uh, an anarchist. They don't believe in any kind of stuff. I'm going to go up and spit on the king, even though he invited us and offered us a job and a bunch of gold. Oh, at that God. point, you're at that point, we're dialing back to playing Chaotic Stupid. That's what it is. Playing Chaotic Stupid. It's not just limited to Dungeons and Dragons, but yes, it is like, Oh, I have Chaos on my character sheet, therefore I can do whatever I want, or my character's insane. That's not and, how chaos works. And the funny you. part is, you read how chaotic neutral works in, say, uh, Dungeons and Dragons 3.5, and when you read chaotic neutral, the description of it, you're basically a hippie. Yeah. You're a free spirit, peace, love, dope, to harm none, unless they try to harm you first. You know, the universe is a chaotic place, you know, but find balance in it where you can. Yeah, you know, just live and let live kind of fucking alignment, but everybody's like, Murder hobo, murder hobo! Rawr, crazy! Yeah, neutral on my character sheet, so <laughs> Kind of makes me think, kind of on top of it, kind of makes me think, you know, uh... Hey, Pluto, look at Adam Bob! Huh? Uh, <laughs> you know, just kind of the whole idea of, like, nihilism, like, people who like to make, like, nihilist characters and shit. Oh, my God. And it just makes them, you know... Our atheism of the character. Yeah, she's fucking. <laughs> the fun part is uh, when you bring up nihilism. Yeah. You know, everybody plays, and this goes back to the cloud strife shit. Yeah. That we mentioned earlier, and somebody takes nihilist, or you know, they play chaotic something or other, and they're like, "Oh shit, doesn't matter, murder, murder, murder." And it's the reality is they should play more like the nihilism meme. And we've all, if you haven't seen the meme, it's funny as fuck. Because they show, you know, how people think Nilis work, and, you know, they're all, like, mopey and shit, nothing matters, nuke the world, burn everything. And then they show the next panel over, and it's like, what, Nilism really is? And everybody's just partying. Yeah, well, see, that's the thing. It's like, I, I think... It's like, it doesn't matter if I get drunk. Well, yeah, but it's like, you know, to me, like, nihilism, it's like, the point isn't, you know, oh, nothing matters, so just leave your, you know, lead your life as being a total hedonist. It's more like... If there is no God, you know, and this is all the time we have on Earth, why not use, you know, art and whatever is available to us to live a good life? You know what I mean? Yeah. In other words, nihilism is like, you know, if nothing matters in the long run in terms of, I guess, like afterlife, make the most of what you got with your time here on Earth. Yeah. You know, don't be a hedonist asshole. Just, you know, be a generally good person and just accept that, hey, this is it. Oh, my God. It's like when that one... Be uh, a good motherfucker. Exactly. When that preteen figures out, oh, my God. So this is goth? Wait, that's emo? Yeah, they're basically playing fucking emos. 
Oh, don't get me started on that goth emo thing that people seem to think that they're both the same because they are not. They are not. Elder goth speaking, I will crawl out of my casket and beat people <laughs> with my Wednesday Adams headless doll until they fucking realize that emo and goth are not the same thing. It's like saying uh, emo and scene are the same thing. I know some people who <clears throat> would get very touchy on that subject. Yeah. Exactly. Like, emos had good music and scene kids are just cancer. Uh, no, emos did not have good music. <sighs> See, I like the Black Parade. I like that. It, that's a good album. Alright, back to the topic. It's a good you know album. what? I don't like your quirk. What? I reject your real-life character sheet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a giant eraser and just rub it on your forehead until you bleed all over my floor and admit that emo music sucks. Hey, some of it's okay. Most of it does suck. Ugh. They had a few good albums. Not That's like six. Okay, okay, you know what? I, I will acquiesce that emo music, there might be some of it out there that's good. Yeah. If you can admit that Led Zeppelin are plagiarists. Oh, no, exactly. I think that, yeah. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. Why? We've had this conversation before. When did we have this conversation before? Shut up! <laughs> huh, we did not have this conversation I don't like before. your quirks. Okay, boomer. <laughs> I am not okay, a boomer. fucking boomer, you piece of shit. <laughs> you, All right. you entitled millennial twat. <laughs> okay, guys, we're getting we're getting into the vitriol here. Let's, let's dial it back to quirks. But that's what people tune in for, to hear us abuse each other. <laughs> <laughs> and you... Fucking Zoomer. He's not a Zoomer. He's not young enough. He's close enough. First He's off. closer to being a Zoomer. Zoomers are the ones that are turning like 19 this year. I am. I think I'm on the very first year of being a Zoomer. Because, what was it? Millennials was like 85 to 94. Was that it? 85 to uh, 99. Really? To 99? I believe so. <sighs> okay, then, yeah, I'm still a Millennial. Same. I'm not a Zoomer. I'm not a... M-I-L-L-E-N-I-A-L Oh, crap. They're going to be in charge. Yep, and then there's Gen X, the sellout generation. Fuck you, motherfucker. We're the <laughs> forgotten generation. How the fuck are you guys forgotten when that's all anyone talks about? See, that's a character Because we are the last generation from the 80s, the last decade that fucking mattered. Because goddamn, the 90s sucked. I know I was there. <laughs> God, I miss the 80s. Man, I could not wait to get to the party. I was like, this is what life is going to be like. This is awesome. It's all bright and flashy and crazy shit going on everywhere. Chicks with shoulder pads and big hair. And... No, then the 90s came. The party was over. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I did not have sexual relations with that woman. That was the highlight of the 90s. Wait, wait, Our the president got a blowjob. That was like the big news shit. And we had a war, I think. No, it was a police action. No, it was a commercial, really. Wait, what are you guys talking about? Which Are you talking about Gulf War, the L.A. riots, or what? Oh, yeah, Roof Korean. Okay, that was the a L.A. riots was more of a war than what was going on over in the sandbox, in my shitty opinion. You know... Do, not, okay, well, at least I don't know what it was like over there in the sandbox... During that time, so I can't really say too much about that. But on the civilian side, every news channel was advertising our shit. It was like watching Starship Troopers. Oh. Like, whenever you turned on the news and they were talking about the war, they were like, oh, the Patriot missile has this, and they would do, like, this big fucking breakdown all done on computer about, you know, it's on-guide, on-board weapon guidance systems and shit. 
And it was like just nothing more than a giant fucking propaganda commercial about how cool our weapons are. Yeah. Not why are we at war? Yeah. You know, and I was just waiting for like a thing to flip up on my screen and say, would you like to know more? Careful there, Solid Snake. You'll get the Patriots involved on this podcast. They'll shut us down. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Patriots, the football team? <sighs> Y'all sure. quirks are going in the wrong direction. Well, no, that's quirks of a culture, yes. of a generation. I suppose. And, you know, that's actually a very good point. We can. There are cultural quirks Boomers. that you can bring to the table. Actually, that is very true. Like, ah. uh, I was bringing it somewhere. I told yeah, you. you brought you brought it exactly, and we I kind of like glossed over this earlier, you know, with my joke about the Thundercats and stuff. But during the '80s and early '90s, they had this huge fucking thing, and it was annoying as shit. Knowing is half the battle. Knowing is half the battle. At the end of every fucking cartoon or whatever, they always had to have like this in-your-face moral of the story, wrap it up, and everybody laughs thing. That was. That was kind of a thing back then. Yeah, um, yeah. Favorite one. It came on every time the Transformers were on. Someone would try to steal a car, and it would always turn out to be a Transformer. Yeah, there, there was a, that was a cultural quirk. Quirk. They also did like during the nineties, though they got really like super woke on the environment stuff, mm-hmm. which is how we got Captain Fag- Planet. Was Captain Planet the nineties? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Late eighties, early nineties. Captain Planet. He's a hero. Take and you know what? I, I, uh, what was her name? Ling Ling? <laughs> well, I, I, no, it was, it was, I don't know. It's the one that always gave me the boner when I saw her uh, like, animated on screen. I'm like, yeah, this is my favorite cartoon because I can fat to that. <laughs> Pow! But that is something a GM can pull in to their games is like... Cultural. Cultural quirks into their game setting. So you got player quirks on one side, you know, little defining factors or things that they do. You may have a character who, you know, constantly, like, taps the bottom of his chin when he's thinking. So if the player is sitting there playing the character, they can always be like, huh, and tap the bottom of their chin when they're thinking to be more in character. On the other hand, though, like a cultural quirk for, say, let's go with a modern day game. All right, so there's these people that if you anger them, they explode. That is one hell of a quirk. That's, uh... They, 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 for some reason, they yell about salad bars. <laughs> I thought it was snack bars. Snack bars, salad bars, it all sounds the same to me. Uh, but no, you got cultural quirks, and say if we're doing like a modern-day campaign, say D20 Modern, so and a cultural quirk is like every time a player character turns on the radio, they can expect to hear new metal mixed with punk. You know, like, th- that's going to be, like, the musical style they're going to hear the most whenever they turn on the radio. Uh, during the 90s, we had a quirk with modern music. The big thing during the 90s was female vocalists. Oh, yeah. You turned on 107.7 or you turned on 99.9 or any of the other stations, female vocalists would dominate the airwaves more than any other musical style. Yeah. It was the big selling thing. Now, not so much. It's still there, but not as much. They've moved on to other shit. Uh, and, country that sounds more like pop? Oh, God, don't get me started on that. Garth Brooks. <laughs> oh. Back to your topic. Still, you have cultural quirks. So, And, of course, musically, this moved into the 90s when they said that Green Day was punk, which... Oh. No, they're oh. not punk motherfuckers. I, I barely give rancid points of being punk. They're close, but not quite. Now, Dropkick, or I mean, uh, 
Yeah, Dropkick Murphys, Dead Kennedys, Dead Milkmen. DOA. DOA, Black Flag. Now you're getting punk. Yeah. See, I'm, I, I'm not a big Henry Rollins fan, but I know some people who are very uh, um, opinionated about whether he actually is punk or not. Uh, yeah, it's true. And still you have, the, we can argue about this, which is a quirk of culture, you know. Yeah. At the same time, it's one thing I pulled in the Vampire game uh, that we played a while back. Because Uggs were the big thing, no. fashion-wise here, in re- Reality Land. So I did a play off of that with these things called shoots, which were half boots, half shoes. So that they were kind of like boots, but, you know, with shoe soles on the bottom of them. Hmm. So it's like taking your uh, Converse sneakers and, and just adding them. fucking boot heels to them. Nice. And it was like the fashionable thing in the game world. So that was like a in-game quirk. His girls were running around wearing these things called shoots. Ugh. <laughs> they were half shoes, half boots. Simple, but effective. And, you know, other things that you can do, right... You did this during the superhero game with our new young characters. You brought up, you described the world vaguely as vaguely. this dark gray place. Well, if it's an alternate reality Earth, who's to say Orange isn't the company that makes e-phones, which is the hot new thing, rather than Apple iPhones? Oh yeah, that's right. It was Orange that was making the e-phones. Yeah, I, I remembered that. Yeah. Um, or like this line of thinking towards police officers or, you know, something because it's a militarist environment and, you know, as a bunch of low-life civvies with no powers, we were basically bum-fucked. If any, you know what, if, speaking if about shit like that, there's, a, there's a real-life quirk that actually plays really well into role-play games that I don't see used very often, but due to recent experiences, I think it actually would work really well and in retrospect, because hindsight is twenty twenty. Is whenever the player characters run into a security guard mm-hmm. who's not an actual legitimate badge-wearing member of the police force or military force, they have to act like a dick. They have to be more of a dick than a security guard should be. Because for some reason, security guards, except for like a very few handful I knew, and that was back when they worked for a security company and we were role-playing together... That's how I got away with trespassing more than once. They're like, dude, go home. I don't want to. <laughs> All right. Well, I know you personally, so fuck it. But for some reason, security guards, you know, the moment they put on a fucking little polo shirt that says security on it, they suddenly think they're Don Mega, Captain King, I can tell you whatever the fuck to do. Well, the person with actual legitimate powers to club you to death, slap handcuffs on you, and then, you know, take the corpse in for booking... They usually tend to be a lot cooler. Yeah, police officers are really chill most of the time. Yeah, most of the police officers I've bumped into, except for Everett ones, but uh, <laughs> that's a whole other story entirely. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yesterday was fun. No, no, no. The police officers there yesterday were pretty cool. What happened? Uh, no, it was the security guard, though. Like, he reminded me, like, the security guard was being a total douche waffle. Like, they were combing... Like, I walked through the door, and it's like they were targeting my ass. The G-Homie Funkmaster guys, you know, Ready? dropping the Nignog bomb right in front of the dude, no problem. But I have a keychain, so inspect that shit thoroughly. I'm like, what the fuck? You, know, you got a pair of guys here who are blatantly talking about fucking bitches, making money. 
You know, gotta make them papers. Leave them alone. They just walk right in, no problem. But I got a keychain and a wallet, so I've gotta like do the T pose and everything and get the pat down and the fucking nine yards. Three times. <laughs> and it was because the security guard, for some reason, man, he had that look in his face like, you, motherfucker, I want to make somebody's day worse. Hey, it ain't gay if it's TSA. It ain't gay if it's TSA. But the thing is, like, uh, afterwards, you know, I was thinking about it. And it's like, you know, most of the time I run into a security guard, unless you personally know them or you're really cool with them off-site, they treat you like dirt. And at the same time, I've had cops walk up to me with, like, one hand on their gun, flashlight in my eyes, they'll ask me a couple of questions, and then they'll be like, okay, whatever, I got what I wanted, you're cool. Sorry for, your, sorry for so, bothering you? Have yeah, a good sorry day. for bothering you. They don't, like, try to escalate the situation. I think it might be an interesting cultural thing, because, like, the joke, rent-a-cop, is, is a functional thing, right? Yeah. All the security companies and whatnot, they're basically rent-a-cops, so people latch onto this idea that they're inferior to cops and then somehow that translates into them being assholes they're to not the in, they're not inferior to cops they just operate by a different rule set unfortunately for some reason they always have like most of them that i bumped just into have a sour temperament they just have a sour temperament like they have to be like establish dominance now i think it's just because they're petty people who have some small modicum of uh, authority so they get drunk on it yeah i think you're right about that because i've seen so many times and this is another quirk that people have that could translate really well into the role-playing game environment is that there are people who out there you know they have no authority whatsoever yeah so and they will lock down on every single scrap that they have. It's it's like how many times has a um, HR department gotten shaken down? You know that the big corporate bosses have to come in and do a shakedown on HR because HR is the end all be all of almost any company nowadays. Mm-hmm. And if they go bad, the whole company you know might as well just follow suit. And like I've seen people in HR situations, you know, the moment they get a taste of the fact that they can fu- make or break anybody, they can fire anyone they want. They just walk around like they are smug and better than everybody else. I mean, there are, you know, HR, there's variables to every mathematical equation, but you also got the HR people who actually do give a shit. Yeah. They're the ones who are doing their job because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Not because... It's what they were hired to do, they're going to do it. But yeah, there's also people out there who should not have authority. This plays really well into role-play games. You know, one of the player characters are walking through and they run into that one city guard (laughs) who just seems to fucking have it out for them. You will respect my authority. Or you will respect my authority! Yeah. And, and, and DMs can pull this, too. Like, not just, like, for the one character, but, like, aristocrats, nobles. Hell, nobles are notorious for this. Yeah, nobles are notorious for it. Like, all the way through. You know, they're, they're oh, I don't have time to deal with you. You oh. are lonely little peasants. They're, they're these hoity-toity little talk-through-your-nose bastards. Because that's the culture that they live in. They're, they're an aristocracy. Aristocracies are known for this. But what happens if you've got, like, the five good nobles who are keeping everyone else in line? Right? They're the people who are actually taking and noblesse oblige. And- I, I believe uh, Moniker knows really good on this since he's been studying history lately that there have been good nobles who are like, I am the king until the people decide I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which just happened. I think it was, what, Louis of France? No. No, 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 no. Shit. I know there was a French one that was like that. And one of the first English kings, 
uh, was basically the same thing when he was setting up like the first monarchy. big kingdom, the first monarchies after during the end of the you're Viking talking age. about like uh, William the Conqueror. Monica, come on, man! You're the history buff here. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, I, I know there was one of the English kings who was like he was writing all the bylaws and shit, and he's like, "Look, I'm only the king because God said so, and if God tells the people to dethrone me, God has spoken, and so have the people, and then I'm no longer king." Uh, it was. <laughs> I know there was it, one that did. Yeah, that. it was probably one of the English kings before the Plantagenets came along. So yeah, like I don't know, maybe. Uh, I don't think it was William the Conqueror, but it could have been like, you know, uh, I want to say like Alfred the Great or Edward the Confessor or one of those guys, maybe. Yeah, I think I, I know it was after the Viking era ended. Yeah, yeah, because the Viking era in England ended with, um, I think it was William the Conqueror, because, yeah. you know, Nor that was the Norman invasion and all that. And, uh... Wild Bill the Conqueror! Wild Bill the Conqueror. <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, that's totally a, a cultural quirk, and you know, quirks play into both sides of the gaming table a lot. And shit, some of the most memorable characters, if a player character wants to make a totally memorable character, have a quirk that's not going to buck the system. It's not going to be too much. It's like, oh, I'm making a character I really like, and their quirk is, uh, they're a brooding dark elf ranger. You know, I think it'd be cool to have, like, you know... Too much. You know, on the thing is where I don't like edgelords or anything, you know, where a character is, like, one, their quirk it is to find them. I always think it'd be interesting to have, like, you know, a character that maybe their quirk is something that they're really insecure about, you know? Like, I always thought it'd be well, funny yeah. to play any sort of, like, overweight elf. Yeah. Well, a quirk <laughs> is not... Like so I mentioned when we first started this episode, you know, a quirk is not the end-all, be-all defining factor. Quirks are more like the little things that make up part of the personality. Yeah, and just, you know, when I've read, like, some horror stories about campaigns that have just gone, you know, way tits up, it's always because it is someone who were... Well, not always, but it's... A good percentage of the time, it is because someone did have a character where they just let the quirks... Override. Override, override and just... Quirks can be small and simple. Uh, say uh, your character has the cooking skill. You're the only one with the cooking skill in the party. Uh, we had this happen in Rifts. Of course, I had one character who had the cooking skill. I did all the cooking. And if I wanted to, I could have added in a small little quirk that would have been absolutely meaningless to the overall shit. But still would have been cool as fuck. And that is like, say I cook for the rest of the party... And when they receive their sandwiches, I remind everybody, of course, as usual, the sandwiches have the crust peeled off. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a small, irrelevant thing, but, you know, maybe one of the other player characters is like, why do you always tear the crust off? And I'm like, it's just something that I picked up from my mom. <laughs> you know, it's a small thing. It has really no yeah. giant relevance, but it's still one of those things that just makes a character come more to life. It makes him more three-dimensional. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's the guy who's like... You know, my dad had a story about this. It went a little something like this. For, like, everything. Oh, yeah, the guy... My grandpa once told me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, or, or the family, you know, family stories, the family histories, the, um, you know, that look that's like, oh, God, I want my mom's cooking right now. None of you fuckers can cook. You know, it, it's, it, it's a little role-play aspect, but it's like... The quirk is that he likes his mom's cooking. Well, who doesn't like mom's cooking? Unless your um, mom is notoriously bad for bad at cooking, which is possible. Like uh, Doc Martin's character, yeah. Chaos. His whole quirk was that his constitution was garbage. It was flatlined at ten, 
and its whole quirk was his mom was such a horrible cook, it was as poison. So he basically just built up an immunity to poison because his mom couldn't cook. It makes yeah, it was like um of his mom's cooking. It's like in Japan, you know, where some yeah. food is just so god awful they just censor it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was a little bit like that. And he would like he brought it up and you know in in oh. RP, and he would just be like, oh, oh. sorry, I was just thinking about Ludafisk. <laughs> um. No, it's just like you know when you make like your character can have a phobia, right? That has virtually zero impact whatsoever, <laughs> but it's something that makes your character be like, you know what? We're not going to camp here. You know, characters are setting up camp. You just cleaned out a cave, and one of the characters looks over and he goes, "Yeah, I'm not camping here." And they're like, "Why?" La Llorona. <laughs> you yeah. know, so like, oh, I'm playing off of Darth Blasphemous here. You know, with his experiences back from our Halloween episode. You know, like if you're playing a character who has a phobia of being near water because of childhood horror stories, mm-hmm. it has no relevance on the game or whatever, but it's still a defining factor of the character. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we know camping here it could be drop bears. Could be drop bears, right? It, it, and you know, <laughs> you could do you could do quirks in an interesting way. Arachnophobia, for instance, right? Oh, I got plenty of. Character All right, no, hear, hear me out. So you've got this character, this big, strong, muscly motherfucker, right? Frontline, heavy armor, no fucks given. I will take on anything, including the giant spiders. It's the little ones that terrify me. So like this big motherfucking dude. You know, I don't want to camp here. Why? Spiders. Yeah. No I'm sorry. You know, actually, you know what? One of these days, you just don't... I just had an idea. Ah, <laughs> uh, Thoric will hate me. <laughs> I'm thinking of a certain player in our group. No, no, what clowns. I'm thinking of is, like, you go up against the enemies, right? And the enemies have figured out you have a phobia of spiders. So what do they do? They just paint spiders on their shields <laughs> and then use illusions to make the spiders look animated. And then they march towards you in a Phalanx formation so it's a wall of spiders. <laughs> nope, 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 nope! There Bye. goes the warrior. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> um, I, I actually had one of those moments, right? I was cleaning out a storage area at work and I found a wolf spider that had uh, parked itself in one of the little like storage cameras we use for various food products. I don't know how it got down there. I don't know how the spider got down there. But I saw it. I'm, nope, nope. You can be the big strong you know, one to deal know, with that. Thanks, it's, but it's, no. I have seen some tough-ass fucking spiders. Like when I lived out in the desert, I had to kill one with a baseball bat because the newspaper wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> that was one tough some bitch. Props to that motherfucker. Um, but I'm glad I don't have arachnophobia. In fact, I have quite the opposite of arachnophobia. Yeah, you used to have one. It's a pet. Well, no, not, well, maybe not the root opposite, because I deal with arachnophobia by punching it. <laughs> yeah, you went, so you, there's different phases of arachnophobia. There's absolute terror, then there comes with the, uh, adjustment phase, and then there's the, I'm gonna deal with it, which goes one of two routes. You're either gonna always take them outside and just be like, ugh, afterwards. Or you're gonna kill the thing until it's dead, and it's, all of its descendants are dead. No, usually I just I see a spider and I like just slam my fist down on it. I'm like, get the fuck out of my house, dude. I turn into a fucking girl if I see a spider. I'm like, than there's me. a spider here. You're not paying rent. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You but know. I think the closest I came to an arachnophobia moment uh, when I was living down in Seattle, I was at this really old house and the garage door was basically sealed shut it had not been open in almost a decade no there you go Uh-oh. and they had to get shit out of the garage Uh-oh. too big to get you know haul through the rest of the house so I had to open the door so I just reach in there 
And he just muscled that fucker up, right? Just, the whole damn thing was just glistening with goddamn uh, WD-40 <laughs> and anger. And so I just grabbed on that door and just anger lift. So yeah, little midget going crazy on a fucking garage door, punching the rust out and everything. I finally get the garage door open, and I felt spiderwebs and didn't even think shit of it. Mm-hmm. No fucks given. Total honey badger. And then I look around and I inspect the, the spiderwebs to see, you know, how old they are. No, they're not old. They're fresh. Oof. And there was a shitload of black widows. Oh, oh, oh God. So yeah, oh, I, I was just basically tickling black widows in my fingertips. Uh. And for a while there, I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> All right. So I think this is a good time for final thoughts since we're past the hour mark and I'm starting to get a little heebie-jeebie. All right. So I've got a few things to say before we go to final remarks. I'm waiting for an opening. Okay. Go um, for it. So good character quirks can also come down to the way your character speaks. There's a classic Yoda thing where you just mix the sentence around so it makes sense. Oh, Japanese style. Yeah. But there's definitely a way to do that with, you know, oh. My character uh, is a dwarf, and he always throws in, you know, dwarven word here or there when he speaks, you know. It's just like, like that. linguistic slip. Oh, yeah, just slang. I did that um, with a Wendigo. That was dumb. <laughs> You're not smart. It was just three-word sentences. Let's do this. <laughs> That's all I ever spoke, three-word sentences. He was wolf-born, not hominid. English was not his first language. Sniffing butts was. Sniffing butts was. Um, and then for another good quirk thing that can be done is... Um, I was going somewhere with this one and now my brain is farting. Um, Gashes. Ah, no brain's just fluff. <laughs> uh, you can do it! Well, either way, you know, it's one of those things that it could just be little things your character does. Oh, wood carving. I've only seen this done once. This is, they had a character that their craft skill was they would uh, whittle, wood, you know, whittling wood. So they would just be working on something. At the, every time they ended a story arc, they'd be, oh, I'm done with this one. It's inspired by all the stuff we went and did and saw. And they'd have a little, like, uh, almost totem pole, mini totem pole of the adventure. And I was like, that's fucking cool. That is cool as fuck, yeah. That is very cool. That's like super mementos all the way through. Yeah. And uh, so they, they would doodle what they were carving, and it was just, over time, it would change and get bigger. And yes, yeah, so they their character in-game, whenever they'd have downtime, would just be whittling a piece of wood, and they'd be over there doodling what they were whittling. Whittling, probably munching, because you can kind of do both. Something, but yeah. You know, it, it's just one of those quirks that I thought was really cool. And then we all know the story of the guy who put a tera- uh, stuffed Tarrasque doll as his uh, quirk, you know, his little thing, he just had that. And the DM destroyed it, and then he had it on the fly come up with why he had that, because it became... No, actually, he came up with that before on the fly. Oh, did he? He had a reason. Okay. And, yeah, it still shut everybody down. Yeah, that's that's a sobering Hit him in the feels. Hit him right in the feels. I don't know. If if anything, my biggest sin, though, for final thoughts when it comes to quirks, is more than once I've played the character who's trying to figure shit out, and stands around in the bat cave, staring at the bat com- uh, the bat computer, while stroking his bat dick, you know, and, and, and fondling his bat cape while looking at the Batmobile and lusting over the bat girl, doing bat stuff, trying to figure shit out. Mm-hmm. More than one, like I, that's been one of my biggest quirks that I've always gone back to, and we do Mary Sue our quirks. You know, there's always like those ones we go back to. 
And if you find yourself repeating a quirk like I do, you know, where you're doing the Batman thing and you're standing around, you're like, how do I solve this problem? Alfred, more bat tea. And two hours of gameplay go by and they're like, well, what's your character doing? And he's like, I'm pacing around in the bat cave, still trying to figure out a solution to the problem. You know, uh, so what I can say though is if you find yourself playing a quirk over and over and over again, uh, try to break yourself of that habit because there's so much in roleplay to explore for different character varieties. And that's one that I've fallen back onto. So if you see yourself doing a, a quirk and it's like the eighth time that you're playing a guy who's not weaving responsibly, it may be time to branch out a little bit. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm calling myself out on that one because I've committed that sin repeatedly. And when I do catch myself, I'm like, shit, I need to change up this character, you know, give him something that's a little more relatable than, Alfred, what's the problem? <laughs> Where's the Joker? Yeah. Um, I'd say quirks are little things of, like how you eat, what you eat, you know, a, a diet is a quirk, right? It's not going to affect gameplay very much. But, you know... If Unless you, you go on the carnivore diet. Certain Shit. exceptions. But, you know, like... I cheated so much. <laughs> well, like, you know, you, you play the picky eater. Why are they picky? It's just icky. You know? It, it, it's something little. It's something that makes them re relatable and brings the character more depth. Yeah, like That's... a character who doesn't eat eggs because of the texture. Yogurt. Exactly. I hate yogurt. Especially with strawberries. <laughs> no, it was, uh... Only one person would give me the, the Marionberry jam. The raspberry. The raspberry. Yeah. Yeah. Ironically, I was thinking about that movie just before we started podcasting. It's and... It's a funny movie. The gal who played Vespa, yeah. I, yeah. She doesn't look Druish. She doesn't look Druish. I could do that. <laughs> Alright, final thought from you, Moniker? Uh, yeah. Uh, being a tsundere is not a quirk, it just makes you a bitch. Moniker out. <laughs> Alright, and final thought, I'd have to go with, you know what? Sometimes your character just really needs to have a smoke break. My quirk is always going to be that he pulls out there his wooden pipe and just sits there for a minute and goes, follow your nose. It always knows. Fruit flavor, you see! It's plain to me! I'm a serial killer! Fruit Loops! Yep, there it is. Alright. Well, I'm not going to admit to being a serial killer on a podcast. <laughs> unless it's Booberry. I'm surprised you still have that box. No, I have the box, not the cereal, because the box is cool. <laughs> I killed the cereal. <laughs> Somebody ate some of my Count Chocula. Don't look at me. Wasn't me and it wasn't my girl. Game of please. Just saying. I'm fat, but no, nah, man. I would rather steal from the cereals my pops left. Okay, whatever. Somebody. Alright, that's that's it. We're out. Uh, Game Goblin, back into my cave. Kazakhan, back to these guys. Moniker, bye. Knowing is half the battle. Blunt Force Gamers! Click. God, that was terrible.
We responsibly.